This is the Tribune Audio Network. Hi. Hi. Welcome to Sip. Survive. And repeat. I'm Jenny. I'm Danelle. And I'm Kenny. And here we are. Here we are. It's another week. And I'm, I want to apologize, everyone, for the missing episode last week. Um, Don't apologize. We needed a break. I just, I've been overwhelmed and I needed a moment. I needed a Jenny moment. So yeah. I hope you all understand. And we are working overtime because me and Kenny are going to be out of town, not together. Don't worry, you guys. <laughs> uh, but we're going to be out of town the sa- at the same time, different places. Guess where um, I'm not going out of town. Yeah, but you have a pool, I'll so I'll be here. Suck it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. So, um, yeah, how's everyone been? Good. Not I mean, too bad. And we're still kind of in quarantine. Mm-hmm. I heard. I heard mm-hmm. cases of the old corona are on the rise. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Cool. I mean, I have um, a haircut appointment in like two hours, so I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I'm going super short again. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it's already super short, but like, yeah, that's why I was like, uh huh. No, like <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna shave, you know, again, shave the sides in the back, just because I am. I keep getting so sweaty and then my hair is just like gross. So I just want to like get rid of it. And okay. I know some people are not a fan, but I feel like, um, it, I think, I think I'm going to do it. It's my hair. I don't. Yeah. I think it's your hair and you can do what you want. Yes. But I still love you. Friend, Connie, who said oh. she didn't. <laughs> I know she listens every week. <laughs> Well, I mean, here's the thing, to each their own, and right. she's being a good friend by telling you her opinion. So. That's right. But that doesn't I mean you have to that. do her opinion. That's huh. right. I, I appreciate feedback. I'm still You always need it. that truth te- teller in your life. I feel like a lot of my friends are truth tellers, so I think that's that makes me I happy. Hope, I hope all my friends, I mean, I want someone to be truthful with me. Don't just tell me what I want to hear. Right. You don't want, yeah, it, you don't want all yes men. No, you'll end up like breath... Britney Spears. Yes, yes, man. If mm. I, if my breath smells, tell me. If I have a booger in my nose, tell me. If my zipper is down, which it is quite often, tell me. You do have an issue with that, but I think I that's just more of a pant. That's a pant problem, not a Danelle problem. Mm, maybe. Sure, we'll sure. see. I'm wearing um, very tight, stretchy shorts right now, and they are potentially cutting off circulation to my lower body. Oh no. I just bought them to wear under these dresses so I wouldn't get like, you know, chub rub. And I feel like I don't know, I don't know if these are the right fit. Maybe they'll stretch. I have found that I don't, I'm not a fan of Spanx. I don't Mm. wear, I don't like any of that shit. Like I'll just let it, unless I'm wearing like a dress where you jiggle, where you need like a slip or whatever. Right, right. But I feel like Spanx brand is the only brand that really stays. Mm. But I'm also, well, like, I'm not into it, so I haven't tried, like, a ton of other brands. So I could be speaking out of school here, but. Well, mine is, like, less about holding things in and more about, like, like my thighs rubbing together and being sweaty. 
So I'm less concerned about like jiggling because I'm just like that mm-hmm. happens. I'm a woman. But I feel like, you know, they make they make little like shorts that are just supposed to be for so your thighs don't rub together. So I should probably it just doesn't make you things. more sweaty. No, they're usually really thin fabric, like almost like what a slip is made out of. Okay. But I wore Spanx on my underneath my wedding dress, and then I got drunk, really drunk at my wedding, and I went into the bathroom and took them off and threw them away because I was like, "Fuck this, I'm done. Like, I'm not wearing this anymore." And I also uh, took, I had the like, um, like the jelly boob things in to make uh, it look like you've got like whatever bigger boobs, and I also threw those away. Nice. Halfway through the night, I'm like, you know what? I'm married now. I don't need any of this stuff. <laughs> I've tri- I've tricked him. I'm ready to show him the real me. <laughs> he already said I do. Throw it away. Watch out. Um, I was gonna wear Spanx with my wedding dress, but my wedding dress was so form fitting, like it it acted as Spanx itself, and it was all ruching at the top, so it was like a great optical illusion. It was my favorite. wasn't yours. Wait, wasn't your wedding dress poofy? The bottom was poofy, but it was mermaid. Like, it was tight all the way down to, like, mid. Oh, okay, it yes. Tight, the butt all the way to mid-thigh, and then it poofed out. Right. Mm-hmm. Got it. Yeah. That's- so, it, it was a good, it was, again, visually, I tricked a lot of people into thinking I was skinnier than I was. That's, hey, it's all, that's what it's all about. That's right. Trickery. 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 <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, shit, what? And he's like, I'm about to move in with Kim. Damn. Shit. What? <laughs> um, so what are we all drinking? You guys go first because I don't want to be disappointed in you, but go ahead. Oh, you're going to be very disappointed in me. God damn it. I actually just burped really loud, but I put my phone on mute because I'm Ooh. drinking a diet ginger beer. And I've been just like slamming these. Um, is that that's not alcoholic. That's just ginger beer. It's just ginger beer. Yeah. But what do you, I'm going you can to make it alcoholic vodka. though. Can't you add something to it? Oh yeah. It's great with like vodka. Like if you do a little bit of ginger beer, vodka, soda water, and like a splash of like cranberry, any, any type of juice, it's delicious. But I was just in a hurry to get up here. So I grabbed a can of this out of the fridge and I just chugged it and then I had to burp really loud, but I don't worry. I put it on you obviously because you didn't hear me. I did That's not what I'm drinking. You. Okay. I'm disappointed, but okay. I know. I'll... I know. Kenny. <laughs> You're, you're going to be disappointed in me, too. Drinking a McDonald's Coke right now. It's very delicious. <laughs> Although I have to say, McDonald's Coke is delicious. It's like, the best kind of Coke. Of all the Cokes. And have I told you why it's so delicious? No, why? Isn't it, like, more syrup in it? Uh, I think there's a little bit more syrup. But the main thing is, they have a very highly sophisticated filtration system for the water that gets pumped through that puppy. Oh, and so it's the water that comes through a McDonald's soda fountain is cleaner and more um, refreshing than any other kind. Their Sprite okay. stays better, too. Exactly. Because of, it's just because of the water that they're pumping in to be, um, you know, carbonated. It's just better water. Didn't know that. Mm. So they also, used to like have... The, I feel like the straws also help. Probably. They're bigger. They're bigger. I like that. They also used to have orange high C at McDonald's, which I'm not a fan of. Unless you're hungover, it's the best hangover drink. No, I drank every time I went. That's that's the hangover drink. What What is is it, Kenny? Orange high C mixed with a little bit of the Sprite. Oh. Hmm. Isn't that just kind of like like Fanta? 
Eh, but not as orange flavory. Yeah, oh. that's true. You get the, I loved, the Sprite. I love the orange high C. That was my jam. Um, like if I didn't want like a bubbly drink, I loved it because it wasn't, like you said, it wasn't too orangey. It was just like the right amount. So. Mm. Mm. What are you drinking, um, Jenny? Well, congrats to me for being the only one who's drinking alcohol in the middle <laughs> of the day again. Uh, I actually, I'm really excited to tell everyone about this because I found this wine at Aldi. I bought it on a whim, mostly because I like the label. And it's called Bear Brothers. B-E-A-R, like the bear. Rawr, bear. Bear Brothers. Um, and it is uh, a Cabernet Sauvignon. And the one I'm drinking is a 2017. But we had this on Father's Day. Um, and I wasn't, I opened it unsure of what we were going to get. Because sometimes all the wine, like it's good. Sometimes it's decent. Sometimes it's like, um, it was so good. So like the other night I went back to Aldi specifically just to buy like four more bottles, like, oh. a, like a crazy person. That's all I did. I went in there. I bought four bottles of wine and some Snickers ice cream, but, but that was it. So, um, big shout out to Aldi and Bear Brothers. If you haven't tried it and you like red wines, it's very How much is it? Would you say? It is just under $9. Nice. Bear Brothers. Okay. Yes. So I recommend it. And it's obviously very uh, cost efficient. So we're going to record two episodes next week. And I'm going to definitely drink wine during that. So I'll probably be drunk by the second episode, just so you know. I'm so excited. Yeah. So just take this sober me in now because on Tuesday, it's probably going to be ugly. (laughs) Don't worry, that's COVID. <laughs> <clears throat> um, okay, so who wants to go first? Do you want me to go first or do you want to go, Jenny? Um, mine is very lighthearted. So Oh, mine's not. So maybe you should go first so I'll that go I can first. Put this on a on a nicer note. Yeah, okay. Okay, so this is a survival story. Kenny, am I loud enough? Yeah, you're good. Okay, I feel like I'm talking really <clears throat> loud. Um, Okay, so this is a survival story of Bridget Kelly, and I pulled a Jenny where I just watched something. I did take notes, though, but um, this could be interesting. So I watched a video on YouTube from Primetime. It's like a TV show, I guess, back in the day. Um, Mm -hmm. And Bridget, at the time, was 24 years old, and this was around 2002, And she was a kindergarten teacher. Although I read another article that said she was a second grade teacher. She was a teacher. That's all we need to know. Um, And that's really not a part of the story. So it doesn't matter. Um, She was a teacher in a really small town in Texas. And it was about 3 a.m. in the morning. And she just returned home from dropping off a friend. And as you do when you're younger, because you can stay up till 3 a.m. And um, she was alone in her apartment. I don't know if she lived alone or she just was alone that night. But um, she got home, put on her pajamas, and she did all the right things that we're told to do. She locked her door. She actually had two deadbolt locks on her door, and she heard a loud bang at her front door. Uh So she gets up, and she walks to the door, and she looks through the peephole, and she sees this man, like, charging at her door, like, Mm -hmm. trying to knock her door in. And he, she was like, holy shit, what do I do? And before she could, like, pick up the phone to call 911 or anything, he kicks in her door. Uh Oh yeah. So he also has a gun 
And so he gets in her apartment, holds her at gunpoint. He was like, give me all your money. And she only had $40 in her purse. So he was like, all right, we're going for a drive. So he makes her get in her car. Um, again, she's still at gunpoint. They go to the nearest ATM and she withdraws $200. And um, he wasn't done with her. That, like, she, that wasn't enough. Like, she was like, you can take my car. You can have the money. Like, take my ATM card. Here's my pen. Like, take everything. Just can you please leave me? And he was like, nope, we're going for a ride. So, um, mind you, the captor, her attacker, was only 18. So, I just find that Wait, to be crazy. Her attacker was 18? Uh-huh. She's 24. Oh, my so God. This shit was only 18 years old. Do you know that your and brain isn't fully formed by the age of 18? I think it's not fully formed until you're 27. Well, he, his is definitely not even. Maybe it is. Nope. No, Some Kenny. You have, you have two more years, Kenny. So get ready. That's, that's bad news for us, Jenny, that ours are fully formed <laughs> at this point. <laughs> this is <laughs> what we're doing with our lives. <laughs> This is what I'm left with, people. This is what I'm left with. Um, so she got back in her car with him, and they started driving the opposite direction from where she lived. And she tried, while they were in the car, she, you know, tried talking to him and reasoning with him and just talking about how she was a teacher. And she also, like, prayed out loud because she wanted him to see her as a person and make a human connection with her. But none of that shit worked. He's just a piece of shit. So um, she, it became very clear to her that he had a specific destination where he was taking her, um, which was an empty, dark field near a subdivision. Um, so I'm picturing, like, houses are being built. There, no one lives in them yet. And it's, like, a big, dusty field, very dark in the middle of the night. Um, so she knew and kind of wondered at this point if if she was going to make it out of this alive like she was already like okay here we go like this is not going to be good um she said that when she got out of the car he told her to get out of the car when she got out of the car she said to herself out loud a lot of people love me and in the interview she was like I don't know why I said that to him but I think looking back I was saying it to myself <laughs> as like a reassurance yeah. like someone's gonna miss me some like I don't know she just it I think it was interesting to hear her thought process as to what was going through her mind. And she said, this is like one of the last things that she said out loud and still nothing phased him. Like he didn't try to like talk to her, communicate with her or anything. He was just a complete asshole. Um, she also knew that the fact that he wasn't wearing a mask or any type of coverage um, that, that he was probably going to try to kill her at this point. And um so he tells her to get out of the car, steals a gun to her, and tells her to take off all her clothes. So once she's naked, she tries to take a run for it. She's like, well, this is my shot. Like, she, he was a little distracted, so she bolts it. He catches up with her, catches her, and um, he told her to lie down on the ground. And that's when she said, like, a calmness came over her. And she was just like, this is... Like a calm voice said to her that, you know, she's like, I'm going to give this to God because she can't, she's like, I can't process with, with what is about to happen to me and it's beyond my control. So she's just like completely went numb and he proceeded to rape her, mm -hmm. um, like the piece of shit he is. Yeah. And, um, after he was done raping her that, um, he told her to, to stand up and she, and have, and he told her to stand up and 
faced the other direction. So her back was facing him <clears throat> and he walked back a couple steps and she could hear the gun click and he fired his gun at her <clears throat> and he misses. Ooh, good. And she thinks right. to herself like, okay, maybe he's just trying to scare me, whatever. So he then loads it again and fires again and hits her and she <clears throat> falls to the ground and he walks up behind her and fires it again at her. And then she falls, you know, well, she falls to her knees and then he shoots her again. And then she falls completely to the ground and she's not dead, but she closes her eyes and she's pretending to be dead. And he just like Uh hangs out for a little bit. It's walking, you know, pacing around, not really sure what to do. And finally he turns to leave and he takes like 20 steps and walks away. And then he turns back around and shoots her again, just (gasps) for like, you know, to leave her there to die essentially to make sure she's dead. Right. Um, So she hears the car speed away. So she knows he's gone and she's still alive at this point because this is Sips Forever Pete and her incredible will to live and survive takes over at that point. And she starts to crawl. Yes. So she's army crawling across this field and the pain becomes too much. So she's like, I either have to get up or I'm going to die here. So she pulls herself up Mm -hmm. and she said in the one interview, she remembers like having to hold her stomach in because it was like falling out and there was blood oh! everywhere no. and she's running across this field. Mm-mm. Yeah. And I feel like anytime so she... you have to hold your insides inside of yourself is not yeah. good. Not good. Not what we're looking um, for. Bad situation. So she finds herself at this lady's house down the road and she rings the doorbell and the lady looks through the peephole and is like, what the fuck is on my doorstep? Like she was terrified. And yeah. a- as I was hearing this, I was like, oh my God, like what an asshole. But if this lady lives alone, I mean, you don't know, like, so yeah. she did call 911, but she wouldn't open her door to help her. Not that she could do anything anyway, but right. so Brid- Bridget realizes that this lady's not really going to help her. Um, so she goes to the neighbor's house and rings his doorbell and he opens the door and he is just in shock at what he sees. Uh, luckily for Bridget, he is a retired U S uh, sergeant and his yes. name is Frank James. And he is just, he said she was covered in blood and dirt and he could see the two bullet holes. And he said they were ginormous. And mm. he said that he was even in shock that she was still alive at this point. Mm-hmm. So he tried to comfort her as much as he could until 911 arrived and they get there, they rush to the hospital. She was in emergency surgery for six hours. And the doctor said that if it would have been 10 minutes later of her arriving to the hospital, she would have died. Ugh. So she's very close to death. So the shots ended up missing her heart, her spine and her lungs somehow. Oh. And it was basically a miracle that she was alive. Yes. Um, and it sounded like the two shots the final two shots were at closer range. So the fact that she survived those is just incredible. Um, so to backtrack a little bit, she's from Omaha originally moved to tech lives in Texas at this point. Her dad actually still lives in Omaha, Nebraska mm-hmm. and, you know, receives the call in the middle of the night. That's like, are you such and such as father? Are you Bridget Kelly's dad? And he was like, I knew it was bad. A conversation that starts like that is never good. Mm-mm. And he was actually a very. Wouldn't it be nice uh, though? Wait, pause. What if you got a phone call in the middle of the night that was like, are you <laughs> Jenny Day's dad? And then they were like, she won a million dollars. Like what yeah, if that yeah. happened a lot? That'd be amazing. Let's that try and be much better. <laughs> if we ever do like, if we ever do a giveaway, let's do it that style. 
Yeah, we'll call, like, call you. The the, we'll call your parents in the middle of the night and we'll let them know that you want. <laughs> or knock on their door, one of the two. Yeah. Um, so her father was actually a very, uh, I don't know if high power is the right word, but he was a writer for a very large newspaper in Omaha. Mm-hmm. So think of like the Plain Dealer or Cleveland.com here in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the interview, he was like, I was all too familiar with these types of stories. I've been a writer my whole life for this newspaper. Um, so he, you know, lots of thoughts were going through his head. He actually, his company actually let them use their private plane and flew him to Texas right away oh, so he could be by her side. I know. I was like, we don't, our company doesn't have a private plane. We do, okay. however, have, as I mentioned, a before, helicopter and a wheelchair. <laughs> True. When my water broke at work, they showed up with a wheelchair and I was like, now what? Where'd this like, come oh, from? Oh, yes, we also have a helicopter. So. Oh, that's not the same though. Um, okay. So he gets to the hospital and he rushes to her side as any father would do. And this is really sad. He said in the interview that she opened her eyes and the sparkle in her eyes were gone as if she had seen hell. Oh, and that just breaks my heart to know, like to have your dad see you like that and to know like what you'd been through. I don't know. It's just mm-hmm. so sad. So, um, after a while, so Bridget couldn't talk at that point because she had all the tubes and everything in her. Um, so she gestured to him, like, I want to write you something. So she wrote on a, on a notepad and it said, dad, I was thinking about you and mom and my whole family when it was happening. And I just wanted to see you again. And Hmm. then they, you know, they had a moment, whatever. And then she turns the page and she wrote the words say rape question mark. So what she meant by this is she was basically asking her dad to tell her story since he's a writer and mm-hmm. she wanted him to tell it the way it really happened, not to hide the fact that she was raped. And she wanted him to be her voice, essentially, to tell her whole story. And at the time, back in 2002, and I think some media outlets are maybe still like this, um, but not not as bad as it was back in t- uh, 2002. But uh, the policy for a lot of publications and media outlets was not to link or mention uh, the names of rape victims or even say right. that they were raped. So right. like, let's say you were shot in the park somewhere, but you were also raped. They will leave that part out. Um, or, or they'll they say something very vague, like, name. or they'll say they were sexually assaulted. Exactly. And Which doesn't, she, go yeah. ahead. Oh, I just, it, that doesn't, it's not the same. No, Which... it's not the same. And, and, and to her, it made her angry. She was like, this policy makes no sense to me. And she wanted it changed. She thought that why to her, it was bringing shame to the rape victim. She's like, why is it more shameful to be a rape victim versus a gunshot victim? And she said that that was just such, such a significant detail to leave out. And I mean, looking back at this interview, she's, this woman is so strong. And the fact that this, this was her concern after in her recovery Like she was so like, this was like one of the things that she wanted to do was to have her story told the right way. So Mm -hmm. as months passed and she recovers, she worked very closely with her father to get the policies changed at his newspaper so he could write her story the right way. And he did just that. Um, Once the story was out, uh, there was a huge outpouring of reaction. Letters, cards, emails were sent to her. Mm -hmm. So many women who had survived rape had started coming forward. And, Mm -hmm. and it was almost, she said it was almost as if they had been waiting for someone to give them the okay to talk about it. And she found this devastating and she realized that there, that it's everywhere and, and it's a secret. 
So what she did next was she created a, a TV public a service announcement, a PSA, basically a public service announcement talking about her rape. And she wanted other victims to know that they don't have to feel shame. And after the PSA ran for the first time, the Texas rape hotline increased by 200%. Oh, Lord. Isn't that crazy? So Uh essentially she realized that connecting with other rape survivors makes people feel like they're not alone. And and it helped her cope and move through all of this. And she said that if she felt like she was alone, she doesn't know that she, and I'm paraphrasing, putting words in her mouth, but essentially like she doesn't know that she would get over it the way she did. Like it helped her cope with it. So um, as time passes, she got the help she needed. She went back to teaching um, she also went to grad school and she's now a wife and a mom of two boys. Mm-hmm. And she said that she's learned a lot in her suffering and she's found a lot of meaning in it. And she hopes that it's made her a better listener and care for others. And her underlying message is you are stronger than you think you are. And her attacker is also in prison for life plus 40 years. So he was also caught. Yes. Amazing. And that's I'm glad survival I story. I know a Bridget Kelly, that 18 year old, like he's 18. What are you doing? I don't know. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I know some 18 year olds, like they just like live near me or whatever. God, they look so young, so young. Yeah. Like, I just can't even like that an 18 year old. I mean, I know there's some that are bigger, but like, I'm telling you, I see kids in high school now and I'm like, you Your are baby. 12. You're 12. What are you doing? I see kids in college. I'm like, how old are you? I know. You're like, you shouldn't be driving. No. Like, it's, it's insane. And that's but why I know. I'm, I'm crop top. You're too young. And then they're like, oh, I'm 17. I'm like, or I'm 18. Oh, okay. Although sometimes, that too. sometimes I see kids, like, have you seen, well, you know, we're, we're a little old for the TikTok, but sometimes you see people, like, I've seen the memes where it's like people on TikTok who are 14 and it's like, they look so old because they're wearing like crop tops and have like full blown boobs. When I was 14, I cannot even get over it. I was like rail thin. I could like I had no muscle. I had no no boobs. I mean, I was just like I, like I barely wore yeah. makeup. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I had like braces, acne, no boob. Like I was not cute. Like these women or these girls are like models. Yeah. If I was I, their parent, I would be like freaking out. Yeah, I'd be like, no, no. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> you're not going anywhere and you're not putting anything on the internet. <laughs> mm. Go to oh your room. <laughs> you're not, you're Amish now. Congratulations. Go, yeah. Go to your room. So, so that's, that's Bridget's story. Good job. She's love amazing. That. I mean, I don't love that. I love her. No, that's she's, yeah. She's such a, she's such a strong voice and a survivor. I loved doing that story. Good. And how did you feel about the method where you watch the documentary, you take some notes and then you spew it back out? I really liked it. I think it's, I didn't take a lot of notes though, because I, I don't, my problem is that I get, it gives me anxiety if I miss a detail. Mm-hmm. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like as yes. I'm watching it, I'm like, oh my God, I gotta, I gotta put that in. I gotta put that in. I gotta, but it's been, it was a little more refreshing to just like recap it. So. Yes. Okay. Good. Good. So good. Tell me something good. Okay. Well, I went in a very, very light direction this week, because I just feel like I've been so stressed about life in general lately that I was like, Hey, you know what I'm going to do? Pet survivors. Yes. I knew you would love it, Danelle. So I think I have about six, I think six or eight 
little tidbits of animals that survive different situations. And then I also, just because 4th of July is coming up, I also grabbed some information about keeping your pets safe for the 4th of July holiday because it's a very big time for pets to go missing. And I don't want this to happen to anyone's um, best friend. So are you ready? Yeah, and it also gives them a lot of anxiety too. The, well, yeah, the that's, fire. I mean, that's the reason we're going to talk about it. So that's I, kind I of said the, the firecrackers. The firecrackers. Fireworks. You know what we're talking <laughs> the about. The boom booms. Okay. <laughs> I'm five. Okay. And you're not even drinking and you're calling them boom booms. I know. Okay. My first story is about Phoebe, a four-year-old basset hound, mm. and her roommate and best friend, Tilly, a setter mix. Hmm. So oh. these two yahoos were reported. Oh, I forgot I have to use this. Um these two little cuties were reported missing uh, by their owner, and they lived in Vashon Island, Washington. I'm assuming is some sort of island off the state of Washington. It uh, sounds amazing. I did not look it up, but I that's my assumption, and I'm going to go with it. Um, then, so it was in September, and there was a, ra- a rescue group called Vashon Island Pet Protectors, which I'm like, that's a badass name. Good for you. Um, and they spread the word on social media, which, again, if you have a pet, like, make sure you have some social media connections to people in your community. Because I'm telling you, like, in my community, like, that's the main reason I'm on that page is because I'm constantly looking for lost pets so that I can be like, I found your dog. Um, anyway, so they, se- they sent out search parties. And nearly a week after they disappeared, a resident reported seeing a dog on their property who matched Tilly's description was the setter mix. The volunteers went to investigate and they found the loyal dog Tilly laying beside an old water tank and inside the water tank was Phoebe who was stuck. Stop it. So she, Tilly refused to leave Phoebe's side and Tilly, 11 years old, was honored by the governor of Washington for sticking with her pal. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> well, love it. they both survived a week out there uh one of them stuck in a, a water tank the other one just not not leaving not gonna do it i love the loyalty dogs are fucking loyal <laughs> two friendships yeah mm. okay oh my god my computer hates my guts right now um okay so the next one another pair of dogs was found together after surviving a massive fire in their Pennsylvania home. Um, So there was a huge fire in this home and the family thought the worst because they assumed that the dogs um, had probably perished in the fire because none of them were able to rescue the dogs, but the family all got out okay. Um, So police returned the next day to investigate things and they found both dogs standing in a burnout bedroom on the second floor. So the police called the fire company and said they're alive and they need a ladder to reach them. So firefighters got the dogs down to safety and returned them to their owners. And the fire department said in finding the dogs alive in the burnout house, it was truly a miracle. Wow. I wonder how they survived that. I wonder if they got out of the house, but then maybe came back. Yeah, that's what I was thinking and made their way back in. Otherwise, I'm not really sure how that would yeah, I'm guessing that it's they a miracle. 
no, I'm guessing that they left the house. But then they came back and they were like, where is everyone? Why does the house what, smell funny? What happened? <laughs> Did I forget to turn off the stove? What? <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, so those cuties uh, lived as well. Oh, my computer, my mouse is working now. Oh, my God. Amazing. All right. Now we're ready for a kitty cat story. Uh, there yes. is. Sorry, I was on mute. Mm, there's a cat. Her name was Ruthie Rosemary. I'm just like, that's a name. I like it. Uh, Debbie and Jeff Brusatori uh, put the three to four-year-old cat in their car because they had to evacuate their home in California because of an encroaching wildfire, which I'm like, yes, wildfires need to stop. Stop playing with fire, you guys. Um, but as soon as they were pulling away from their home, the cat jumped out of the car and ran what? away. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. one second. Time out. Sorry. Kenny, are you getting feedback from me? Because I can hear myself. Every time I say something, it like echoes back to me. I'm getting nothing on my end. I heard a little bit of it earlier, but then it disappeared. Okay. Sorry, Jenny. That's why I'm not interjecting so much because I keep, I don't want to make it sound worse by. Yeah, I'm not hearing feedback. feedback on my end either. Okay. It must just be me then. Okay. Sorry. Keep going. Okay. So, oh my God, my son is screaming in the other room. Uh, okay, so the wildfire is coming, and uh, Ruthie Rosemary, the cat, jumps out of the window as they're pulling away. So five days, five days after the fire, they return to their home, uh, which was in ruins. So the fire did take the property, which is very sad. Um, but they heard meowing coming from under the burnt-out truck that was left in their driveway. And they found Ruthie Rosemary. She was completely unscathed, except for she had singed whiskers and eyebrows. Aww. So she made it five days in a wildfire, basically. I can't imagine having to flee your home and you're about to lose it and then your pet jumps out the window last minute and you just right. have to keep going. Yeah, like you can't go save them. <laughs> yeah. That's I don't know. Very, very, very uh what's the word I'm looking for? Traumatizing? I don't know. Yes. Yes. Um, okay, so this is about a dog named Bailey. And uh, the dog was walking just ahead of uh, their owner, Eric, Eric's stores. And um, she, Bailey, the dog, was walking and she suddenly fell through a 200-foot clay mine. Mm -hmm. Mm hmm So she, she, <laughs> she didn't fall straight down. Um, the rock formations in the mine are like Swiss cheese. Um, said one of the crew, one of the rescue crew, Rhonda Schulting. She was a spokesperson for the West Metro Fire and Rescue. Um, so they said most likely Bailey only fell down a few feet, then hit a diagonal portion of the shaft and slid further down. So she didn't fall 200 feet. So that's, I'm glad about that. That's but, good news. Uh, how terrifying. You're like hiking with your dog, doing your thing, and, and all of a sudden your dog just fucking disappears in the ground. <laughs> I feel like that's something that Callie would, she's so clumsy whenever we walk, like she would just, like the other day I was walking her and where the grass like meets the edge of the street, there was like two inches of like, like a little divot. And of course that's where she walks and she almost like falls over. I'm like, oh my God, you, like you just had ACL surgery. Don't fall, like, she's just so clumsy. <laughs> Poor thing. Oh my God. I love it. She's so cute. Um, so two rescuers were lowered into the mine to save her. And when they got down there, they said, quote, she was very alert and happy to see them. Very friendly. 
I'm like, oh, Bailey. So Bailey was pulled back up to the surface uh, in a basket and then reunited with the owner, Eric Stores, uh, and got a very big hug upon um, rescue. So, soup's cute. Okay, I've just, uh, I think, two more. So, Sammy was a two-year-old cat. And this two-year-old cat fell right out of its owner's fourth-floor apartment window in New York. Um, the good news is, you know, he has nine lives because he's a cat. Uh, he went to a place, Blue Pearl Veterinary Partners. So shout out to you guys for his injuries. He had a broken hind leg, broken toes. I'm like, oh, broken kitty cat toes? Oh, oh they're so cute. little. And a split palate. I assume in the mouth, but oh. it didn't. Do have a palate anywhere else? I don't think so. Um, well, the emergency vet, Dr. Rachel Carson, called him the sweetest gentlest and I was like, well, he better be fucking sweet and gentle. He's broken in multiple places. Right. <laughs> but I can't believe he, he lived four stories. Four stories. That's and nice. in New York, That's I'm assuming incredible. he landed. He had to land on concrete. Like, I don't know what else he would. Well, maybe he could have landed on, like, garbage. Or, like, a terrace. Like, one of those, like, um, you know, overhang things. Like, yeah. in the movies. Uh-huh. Yeah. We're from Ohio. We don't know. We don't know what we're talking about. Okay. Last story, and then I'm going to talk about some July 4th safety for animals. Uh, there was an eight-year-old cockapoo. I assume that's a cocker spaniel poodle mix. Sure. sure. Yeah. Uh, his name was Frisco, and he had a very close call. Um, they, this one is a little vague, so I'm not exactly sure what happened, but his owner, Katie Keelitz, uh, said she heard barking outside the home. And then uh, went outside to search for him because she heard the barking stop. So it, he was barking, then he stopped, and she was like, hmm, that doesn't sound right. Which I can tell you, I think I told this story, when Sedona went outside and her electric fence collar wasn't working, she was like out in the street, and I was getting ready for work, and I heard he sounded farther away than she should. You're like, like yeah, yeah, you were like, it doesn't sound right. <laughs> I know what her barking in my yard sounds like, and this isn't right. it. And that's when I had to run outside and grab her while not wearing any clothes with only a blanket wrapped around me with wet hair <laughs> as my neighbor drove by. And I was like, hi, everyone. Good thing you live in a country. Yes. Um, I do have neighbors, though, and they do go to work, and multiple people saw them. Okay. Uh, so she went searching for him, and she heard his quiet cries coming from an, quote, unquote, odd pile of rubble and heavy concrete in the woods next to her home. And I'm like, where do you live, honey? Like, this doesn't sound good. So she called her husband and the fire department and they came out um, and they used like structural collapse rescue tools. I'm hoping the jaws of life because that's my favorite thing and traditional digging equipment to free Frisco. And he was then handed back to his owner. So that, those are my stories of animal survivors. And I know this stinker. It's a little cheesy, but I just, I needed something real light. I mean, I know my septic tank story was pretty light, but we're just still Yeah, but I, I like it because with everything that's going on in the world, sometimes <laughs> you just need a little lightness right now. Well, I, ha- I already have a story for next week since we're doing a twofer and my story for next week is not as light. It involves me watching a documentary with a lot of reenactment screaming. So get ready, get ready for that. <laughs> get ready. <laughs> All right. Oh, so 4th of July is coming. Um, and so there are some things that you need to do. So the first thing I'm going to talk about is preparing in advance. 
Um, so the first thing you want to do is make sure that your pets, cats and dogs all have identification tags that are up to date. Um, so a lot of people who have dogs and cats may have tags on them, but they may have the wrong address or maybe the wrong phone number because you haven't updated it in a while. Just before the 4th of July, you want to make sure that those tags are updated. Uh, also, if you have a microchip pet, you want to make sure that the microchip data is up to date. Um, so the other thing is, uh, if you have larger animals like horses, like yours truly, uh, you might want to consider marking a uh, halter, which is like what they wear on their head when they're just like hanging out, uh, with contact information and um, leave it on the horse during a stressful time. Because you take the halter off sometimes, but during the stressful time, you might want to leave it on just for safe. Um, it says if your pets aren't microchipped, you might want to consider doing it. It's very easy to do. It's literally like getting a shot. FYI. Um, yeah, and they don't even know, they don't even know what's going on. Like it's yeah. super simple. And I feel like it's a lot more affordable today than it used to be like five years ago or something. Yeah, exactly. Um, you also want to, in the, you know, the week leading up to the 4th of July, take a current photo of all your pets. So oh, that's you know, a good take one. Take a photo of your cats, your dogs, your horses, your chickens, your whatever you have living on your property that you would be sad if they left you. Make sure you have a, a current photo. Um, good news. I have a thousand pictures every day. So <laughs> I know I was going to say, um, that's not difficult for me, but OK. Uh, and then if they've been historically anxious uh, on the 4th of July or you think that they might have harmful reactions, then it might be worthwhile to look into behavioral therapy to desensitize your pet. Um, and some pets may need medication. So they said you might want to consult your veterinary behaviorist. I don't have one of or, those, but or, I, do, I do have a vet. Yeah. Or even like I've heard people giving their animals CBD oil, like their special animal CBD oil. I haven't tried that yet because it's not really regulated. So I'm not sure. Like, right. I don't know how I feel about it yet, but I know my neighbor does it and she swears yeah. by it. Okay. Um, it said also make sure that your environment is safe and secure. So if you have a fence, make sure that your fence is secure and the gates are closed and locked. Um, again, if you have larger animals that are in fenced in areas like pastures, make sure that you have um, those animals confined and that the, the gates again are locked and they can't get out. And then you also want to evaluate the safest place to keep your pets during this, ho this holiday uh, that often scares and, and intimidates. So that's the before safety during July 4th celebrations. So the number one thing is leave your pets at home. So don't torture your poor animals by dragging them to parties, to fireworks displays, to parades, and other gatherings, um, because loud fireworks, unfamiliar places, and crowds can be very frightening to your pets, even if they normally are okay with that. Um, you want to consider putting your pets in a safe, escape-proof room or a crate during parties and fireworks. Um, again, just to keep them safe and calm. Um, again, you want to keep livestock like horses, goats, chickens in um, safely fenced areas and as far away from the excitement as you can. Um, and if you are hosting anyone at your house for a party or a picnic or something, you want to make sure that everyone keeps an eye out so that they don't um, see pets escaping and so they don't accidentally let a pet out. So that's something you got to keep in mind. If somebody comes to your house and they're not used to pets, they may not realize that they let the dog out and now the dog is going to flip and run away because it's terrified of fireworks. Um, keep pets inside if your neighbors are setting off fireworks. And um, you want to keep all 
lit items away from all your pets, sparklers, glow sticks, fireworks, charcoal, kebab skewers. Um, you want to make sure the dogs stay away from your barbecue grill because a lot of times if you're grilling out, it's still going to be hot. You don't want your doggies to get burnt. Um, and then also they said, avoid the urge to feed your pets table scraps um, because a lot of things that you're eating on the 4th of July could be toxic. So I know there's like a list of toxic foods. You can Google it. Um, too much sun, heat, and humidity can be bad for pets, um, especially because obviously dogs don't sweat. I don't think cats do either. So yeah, I don't think so either. You don't get them like a baby pool. Like we have a little mm -hmm. baby pool. We just fill up and or like a splash pad. I just ordered a splash pad because oh. Callie's getting so old. She yes. can't like. She's having a hard time like jumping into the baby pool. So the splash pad is just this little like. You know, it's it's low to the ground, and it just fills up enough water for her to just lay there in it, and she loves it. Oh, so cute. It's like a watering hole. Yes. Uh, another one, never leave your pet in the car. So if you're going somewhere, like yeah. the parade or the fireworks, don't take your pet and leave them in the car. It gets really hot in there. Um, if you're traveling out of town, they're also saying, like, you might want to leave your pet at home and hire a pet setter versus taking them to a boring kennel. Oh, I'm sorry. No, leave your pets at home with a pet sitter or take them to boarding uh, at a kennel. Um, if you have to bring them with me, make sure make bring them with you. Make sure you know how to keep them safe wherever you're going. Like if you're in a new situation, you want to make sure you can like lock them in a room or put them in a crate or keep them right next to you. Um, and then after the celebrations, one of the biggest things that I didn't think about is check your yard. Um, because if you do have neighbors that set off fireworks, you might have debris. Um, or cookout stuff like you might have like somebody might have accidentally left a skewer or something in the yard and your pets may go out there and play with or eat something that is sharp or dangerous to them to be with so yeah that's um, a good one i didn't think about that yeah so those are your july 4th safety tips to keep your pets safe and make sure unlike some of the pets we talked about today they don't run away and get themselves into trouble <laughs> right keep so. them home and safe yeah that's it Good job. Thank you. All right, Kenny. Okay, we're news time. Well, the first one, I asked you guys before this started because I figured you heard about it, but still want to talk about it. You've seen what the petition to rename Columbus, Ohio is, right? Labor Town. Labor Town. Labor Town. Mm. So the reasoning is, actually, the first reason is actually kind of a good reason. Okay. Uh so they say the reasons are twofold. For one, it honors Central Ohio's proud heritage as a culinary crossroads and one of the nation's largest test markets for the food industry. So, you know, that's a decent reason. Yeah. Secondly, sure. it's because it's celebrity, guy, celebrity chef Guy Fieri was born in Columbus, and it's his catchphrase. So That one I'm less into. I like yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> I like them, but I wouldn't want my town named after. I wouldn't. I don't. Wait, can I talk? Okay. I would not want to live in a town called Flavor Town. Sorry. Right. Yeah. I yes. just. It's stupid. I live in Flavor Town. Be kind of fun to say like twice. Yeah, I feel like I'd be like, "Where are you from, Flavor Town?" Like I'd be so excited, and then after a while, I'd be like, "Flavor Town." Yeah. Yeah, it sounds what? like a cartoon. Yeah, it doesn't sound real at all. And I also feel like um, I feel like they should come up with a name for Columbus that's a C name because we already have like Cleveland and Cincinnati, and they always call it the big three C's. Like they should think of something that starts with a C. That would make me happy. 
Agree. That's I all I got. Can't think of anything. I was trying to think of one, and I couldn't think of one off the top of my head. I know that's why I just said agree. <laughs> Crispy town, Crispy town, Crunchy town. That might be worse than Flavor Town. Yeah, Cravings Town. No. Ooh, ooh. Oh, what if it was just Cravings? Cravings, Ohio. Uh, Columbus oh. sounds better. We're we're gonna workshop this. We're gonna workshop. <laughs> Let's just Let's go real literal it. with it and just call it Central. Like the city's just called Central. It's in the middle. Ohio. I that's think that what people great. call the area already. Just be like, yeah, I live in Central Ohio. Yeah, I like it. That's that's simple. That's it's simple. It's point. easy. And it starts with a C. Now, yeah. the real weird news. Okay. So a man was arrested for displaying a wooden what in his front yard. <laughs> God, it could be so many things. A wooden um, dick. Okay. Um, I mean, I was going to go with vagina, but <laughs> maybe both. Maybe it was a dick and a vagina, and he's trying to... You know, procreate show, wooden people? Procreate, yeah. <laughs> Jenny's right. A wooden penis statue. Yes! Why? So, uh, he found himself in the dispute with the city he lives in over his workshop that he's trying to... The town's saying it's not up the code. So, what he did, just to get their attention, was he carved a seven-foot penis statue out of a pine in his yard, put it in his front yard, um, so then the police came and said it's a disturbance, so he moved it to his backyard, but then he moved it back out front, and then he got arrested because when he moved it back out front, he spray painted a sign that said adults only, thinking it would help. Oh my gosh, yeah, wait, where is this at? Where uh, somewhere in New York. Oh, okay, I thought you were so in Florida for sure. He's gonna <laughs> fight the charges, he said, because other statues depict sexual parts of the body so he's like why can't this one which he has a good point i guess you know all the greek statues and things yeah i don't know it i mean it's not like it's very accurate it's two like boulders of wood and then just a long stick i can't they blur out the top so i can't it's not like yeah okay it's not the most detailed i mean you know what it is but Got it. Wow. Oh. Wow. <laughs> great. People are great. I love it. Hmm. Okay. Well, this has been another lovely Sip Survive Repeat episode. Um, we will see you guys next Tuesday. And uh, we should also this week have another weird news short on Thursday. So make sure to tune in for that too. Awesome. All right, see you next week. Bye. Bye.